travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode number 37, Traveling Southeast Asia. I'm here today with my co-host Scott Coates at his condominium in Bangkok. How are you doing, Scott? Good. Uh, I'm Scott, and the other guy you heard is Trevor. Hey, Trevor. Uh, we have a tasty beverage going, which is always my favorite for recording. Yeah, this is a, this is a hobby. We do not get paid uh, vast <laughs> no. amounts of riches to do this. We do this for enjoyment, and uh, we're having a cocktail here tonight. Yeah. Um, so tonight's episode, uh, Scott, you want to give us a little intro? Yeah, you know, we've been asked a ton of small questions over the years by new travelers to the region, and today we decided to kind of take a step back to hopefully share some of the base level knowledge we've required via our collective three decades traveling in the region. Now, some things might be obvious to some, others not so much, but we've had some fun thinking of the little ins and outs of traveling in the region that we think are worth sharing some of them could be from navigating red tape to railroads, and we're set to tackle them all. So pour yourself a drink, sit back, and enjoy. Yeah, um, this is by no means a, a comprehensive list, uh, but people email us questions all the time. Friends are coming through. Uh, we just received a, a message yesterday on our Facebook from one of our listeners, Daniel, who asked about an upcoming trip he and his wife are planning in Thailand and Cambodia. And uh, I think like we've been here for so long and we take so many things for granted, um, but everyone has these random preconceived notions or gaps in their knowledge or they're just unsure about things having never traveled in the region. So we decided to just go through a bunch of random subjects and drop some knowledge about different things that hopefully will be more useful to you uh, uh, and some things more useful to others. Yeah, and you know, the preface to all this for me is that things change in this part of the world quickly. Like one government minister gets let go and suddenly visas on arrival are gone, you know, so all these policies can change everything we're saying. Please don't take it as the definitive, like do read up, do check things because things change quickly. Yeah. But that's part of the problem too. I think, you know, a lot of people rely on travel guidebooks and, and one of the reasons travel guidebooks are dying is just because the internet now gives much more up-to-date information, right? Sure does. But yeah. then on the, the internet, you know, you have TripAdvisor and stuff. And, and when we were brainstorming this, this issue, um, there's some things that I read online that are just plain wrong and people mm. have, just because in their experience it was one way that doesn't mean it's always one way things do change here very rapidly yeah. but at the same time many things st still stay the same yeah so we're just going to kind of go through some different areas and topics and kind of just share some things that probably half of these we've learned by going wrong throughout our, our travels sure. I'm sure so the first one we're going to duck into is visas and it really depends on your nationality whether there's visa waivers like some countries in the region you'll get a free 15 30 or 60 day visa i mean thailand and indonesia now for most travelers get free visa on arrival uh, cambodia you can do like an e-visa before you even show up Laos is is visa upon arrival even Myanmar now has an e-visa system but you know read up what the situation is before you come but it's getting easier and easier i think 
think, by the year. Yeah, and they're even discussing, like, you know, ASEAN visa, where you can get a single visa for the entire region. Um, but it's definitely good to know uh, and, and, you know, kind of plan your trip accordingly. But at the same time, you know, there's certain things that, that you definitely need to have. Uh, one of them is passport-sized photos. Yeah. Um, you know, you always want to have lots of passport-sized photos. Those are kind of expensive to get in the States. Like, I get them here in Bangkok, and I buy, like, 50 of them for $10 or yeah. something like that. It's a good one. You know, like, figure out, do you need a passport photo for your first country? Because for Thailand, you don't. So then you go to a cheap photo shop, and you knock off a whole bunch of them for, like, a couple dollars. Whereas in Canada, they charge you, like, $20 for that mm. kind of thing. So if you don't need passport photos for your first country... Get them in that country and then always carry some around to the other kind of less developed countries. I think even if you have a good printer at home, you like, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you print off 25 of them. And yeah. I keep two in my wallet, I keep two in my passport, I have a couple of my luggage. Uh, another thing I like to keep copies of are, are copies of my passport. It's a very good um, Lots of visas require you to have passport photos, copies of your visa, yeah. copies of your travel itinerary. So I always have extra copies of my passport and my driver's license and my travel itinerary and my hotel itinerary. And I keep those in an envelope and one of them goes in my carry-on, one of them goes in my check bag. Yeah. Um, and it's good to have like a lot of extra copies of them because especially with the passports, like you need that. Um, That's a solid tip. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you carry a couple extra pieces of papers home, but you never know when you're going to get that immigration person who's had a bad day. And it's just like, no, I need a copy of the front page of your passport or whatever. It rarely happens. But yeah, carry them. It's a good one. That's the same thing with the, the, your trip itinerary. Like yeah. in Thailand, the law is that you need to have proof of onward travel. Yeah. Uh, Vietnam, you need to have proof of onward travel. And then a lot of the, the websites will be like, oh, no, you don't need it. I've never been asked. But, you know, after 15 plus years here, I've seen it happen on a handful of times yeah. where they just turn down people like at immigration like you can't come into this country because you don't have this and then there's not a computer and a printer handy yeah it's tough you know like let's say you're doing overland travel which is super popular most immigration people know that happens but you could technically fly to vietnam with a one-way ticket and then you're like oh, i'm going to go by land through lao and back to thailand but um, you could get that grumpy immigration person i've even known people to go apparently on an airline website to the page where it looks like you've booked a ticket. That's what I do. You, that. you just make a reservation, and yeah. before you click buy, just do like a screen capture and yeah. print that. I, I do that all the time just to have mm. it there. Because even applying for a Thai visa in Vietnam, they they wouldn't give it to me unless I had the proof of onward travel. Shifty, shifty, shifty. Um, you know, if you ever, I think, get into trouble with a visa, and actually this applies to just about everything, like Southeast Asia especially, but Asia in general is a land of face. And like... It's pretty easy to be confused and actually maybe have your facts mixed up about visas and stuff. If things aren't working out perfectly, I think the thing to do is smile, like sit down. If you're really upset, take a breath for five minutes or so because if you do get loud, upset, and you kind of, pardon me, but you lose your shit, it's only going to hinder your cause. So you got to kind of like sit down, calm yourself, and then try and find a friend working there to help you out. Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes, I mean, we just found out recently that like you can get a thailand non-immigrant b visa for like a hundred bucks or something like that mm. with a bribe you know but like you sometimes they are looking for a bribe in some of these countries yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but sometimes the bribe can actually help get you through like i didn't plan on telling this but like when you're traveling by land from cambodia into thailand yeah sometimes that border is like an hour-long wait 
You know, yeah, all you have to do is put like ten dollars in your passport and look for an official-looking guy and just like ha- like hand it out toward him with the money sticking out and be yeah. like, "Hey, is there like a shorter line or something like that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes they'll be like, "Yeah, the, it's fifteen for the shorter line." But yeah. you know, like if you're calm, don't you shouldn't ever have to pay anybody anything if you no. if you got all your stuff together. But if you can keep your cool, the price is going to be less. Yeah, and one thing with visas too is I've noticed it's pretty common, and I'm not picking on any particular country but sometimes when you're getting a visa on arrival i've noticed the change i get back isn't accurate mm. like uh there's a country that only uses u.s cash for their currency yeah and almost any time i've done visa on arrival you get handed back the wrong amount because they're processing so many people and they try and just play it off as oh like, yeah oh yeah but as soon as mm. you call them on it they're like oh yeah yeah yeah, and they give you the correct change and, and you mentioned this when we're our next subject is going to be money matters, but like check your money when when you get changed to make sure like a it's not counterfeit because there are yeah. a lot of counterfeit yeah. bills in circulation, and b that it doesn't have any like writing on it or rips or tears yeah. because they can be really particular about these things. But on the flip side, like in Cambodia where there's a lot of like fake U.S. currency floating around, yeah, I'll always save any sort of dodgy looking bills for my departure tax because oh. you can do the trick back on them because they just take that departure tax money hand over fist, so yeah. you just slap down. On that, that dodgy looking <laughs> 10 and, and it's gone. That's a good way to get rid of it. And one piece of advice kind of in the visa category, and this applies to traveling anywhere in the world, is you've got to have a minimum six months validity on your passport to be let into most countries. So before you take your trip, think of the end date of your trip and make sure your passport is good for at least six months past the end date of your trip because you can literally get turned away if, it, if it's not so. Yeah, and the number of pages you have left is, yeah. uh, and and even like in Singapore one time they gave me a hard time because uh, it was just a little like my visa was my my passport was getting a little tattered, you yeah. know. So I have a nice silk cover that I put it in now, Ooh, and, and so nice. the passport looks a little bit more. Yeah, uh, and you know, in space, it's another good point. Some countries like Cambodia, visa on arrival, they glue a sticker that takes off an entire page. So yeah. like you know, if you're going to three or four countries, anticipate that you might need three or four pages as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's get into uh, money matters, Trevor. Um, yeah, money is always a tricky thing. That's one of the things that uh, Daniel Kalen, our listener, was asking about: uh, what kind of cash you should bring and how much and whatnot. Um, nowadays, what? yeah, right. Nowadays, uh, ATMs are actually pretty good, and and you will right. get you will get whacked on both ends. Maybe five dollars in this end, and however much money your your bank's going to charge you, home, yeah. five or ten at home. Um, usually I'll take out four or five days worth of cash at a time. Yeah. I, I usually think of it as a percentage. Like if I'm willing to pay, you know, up to 5%, let's say, yeah. just take out, you know, X amount of cash so that it's a reasonable cost. Cause ATMs do give generally good exchange rates yeah, and, it's pretty good. and they're pretty much everywhere nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a good thing to make sure is that before you continue onward, like, Again, as each year progresses, there's more ATMs in more rural locations. But some places, especially thinking like Myanmar, Nepal, and whatnot, like you go to a major center, like you're not going to see an ATM. You might not be able to change cash. So if you're going kind of remote, like make sure you find out. And it's always better to pack more money than you think you're going to need because you never know. You might need to grab like hire your own car because the bus local bus isn't running or get a boat and like you better make sure you have cash for that yeah i like to keep at least 48 hours of cash on hand like once you get down once you get down to like you're you're getting near 24 hours of cash based on your budget you should make sure you're going to get cash right away yeah Um, because you never know when 
the, you know, oh, the ATMs in our country are down today, or it's a holiday, you can't cash the traveler's check today. So sure. I think it's good to, to keep a couple of days worth of cash. I guess depending on, it's kind of tricky because the more remote you are, the harder it might be to, to change money or to get money. But yeah. the more remote you are, the less secure your money may yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, with the, the hotel safes and whatnot. Sure, sure. If you're even staying somewhere that is a safe travel. Yeah, one of my tricks for that back in the day was if you, you know, if you're traveling around remote areas another issue might be like toilet paper okay so i used to get the toilet <laughs> i used to get the toilet paper rolls that were wrapped in paper mm -hmm. rather than plastic it's a toilet paper roll it's individually wrapped yeah. with paper around it and then i would open it up and stick the cash inside the toilet paper the roll, mm -hmm. and then wrap the paper back up oh, and sweet. just put it in the bathroom because oh, like yeah. even a maid isn't going to be like i'm yeah, going to open this toilet one. paper roll you know that's like a really it's a pretty tech. safe spot that's really good. And, you know, a good one, uh, I mean, it's getting less and less, but some countries like uh, Cambodia uses U.S. currency. And a place like Myanmar, you got to bring U.S. currency to exchange into uh, local chat. But are pristine bills. So if you're going somewhere like Myanmar, especially um, certain other Asian countries, Cambodia comes to mind a bit. Mm -hmm. When you're exchanging into U.S. dollars or you get changed, like get pristine looking bills. They will not take bills that are old, tattered, bent have writing on them. So like, especially at exchange counters, if you get bills that look anything less than really nice, give them back and they won't make a fuss. Like they'll understand. Yeah. Check your change, I think is important in that regard. But on that note, I mean, depending on where you're coming from, but US dollars are pretty versatile in the region. Sure. You know, we, we're both based in Thailand and I usually have Thai bot as like my standard currency. Yeah. And you get horrible rates on Thai bot in, in many countries. Going back to the visa thing, like, I travel to Bali often, and, and now for Americans and Canadians, you don't need a, a visa, and it's free to get into Indonesia. Sweet. But, but like six months ago when I traveled there, I only had Thai bot, and you're paying oh, like 20, yeah. you pay 20% more for that visa with yeah. Thai bot than you would with U.S. dollars. Yeah. So U.S. dollars are a fairly standard currency. Um, I, I still occasionally do like to travel with traveler's checks, um, and those are usually just like a, a safety precaution you know like sure, yeah. if you have like you know let's say five hundred dollars in, in traveler's checks even if they're in like 20s or 50s um it doesn't matter if you lose those or they get stolen right sure. so you don't even need to use them on your trip at all because sometimes it is difficult nowadays to travel or to exchange traveler's checks but at the same time like it's safe money you know yeah. like if you can't if you lose your wallet in the region like suppose your bag, your your purse gets stolen with your wallet in it, and you lose your ATM card Ouch. and your credit cards. It's a bit more difficult. Like you can get an American Express card here. American Express is great. Like yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll send you an American Express card to your hotel within 24 hours, pretty much yeah. anywhere, you know. But having some traveler's checks just as a little like safety feature isn't a bad idea. Yeah, and you know another one, regardless of the currency, small bills like. I think always trying to have some small bills as soon as possible. So whether you've got U.S. dollars or Thai baht or chat or whatever it is, Cambodian real is, as soon as possible, try and get some small bills so that, you know, when you're paying for little things like a Coke or a ride, you're not stuck with this massive bill. Yeah, it, it, that can be a, a big, big problem. Well, that kind of leads into our next section where we're going to talk about traveling by airplane and stuff. So, yeah. you know, when you get off the airplane, uh, you know, Airports don't necessarily give the, the best 
exchange rates in the world. Yeah. Obviously, they're never going to get it. But, you know, like a lot of them in the region here, Southeast Asia, they're, they're not bad. I think, yeah. you know, 5% on average, I'd say you're losing. Maybe 10%. In Bangkok, the, the place at the airport are the same as downtown. Yeah. Days. In Bali, last time, I think it was 10%, but on the bot. So I think on the dollar, it would have been like yeah. 5%. But in like Hong Kong, a lot of the ones there charge like a commission on top of the trade. And like yeah. In Dubai, I heard it's yeah, horrible. Yeah, but but yeah. when like Southeast Asia, I think you're going to get a decent rate. Enough to change let's say 25 or 30 dollars worth yeah. just to you know for the taxi and maybe some food when you arrive yeah well let's move on to planes and planes is a is a real interesting area because in the last you know eight ten years in this region i mean discount and budget airlines have blown up all of a sudden you have so many choices of how to get around and generally i mean you can get somewhere for 50 dollars us it's fantastic but there's some good little things to keep in mind and i mean generally booking advance is going to get you the, the best rate but then certain airlines especially like air asia sometimes they'll just have flash deals so if you know you're going to the region you might even want to sign up for like the newsletters from a bunch of discount budget airlines and just even though they'll bombard you is just see what's happening because they might say like next week monday to wednesday you can get like twenty dollar fare to yangon well and you just go if you know you're making a trip like a year from now i mean air asia has like you know, one cent airfares like Ryanair and Europe mm. and stuff like that do. You got to book like six, eight months in advance, but you can yeah. get like practically free airfare. And they, they have these sales all the time. But they do even have them like a month in advance because I just flew round trip to Bali from Bangkok, which is a four and a half hour flight for $175 wow. return ticket. And that was just a month before I left. So the rates change all the time. So AirAsia is awesome, but you need to go back and check it frequently. And signing up for, for their newsletter, I think is really good yeah and i mean there's so many airlines now you obviously have the big players like singapore airlines malaysian airlines garuda but then within southeast asia especially there's like tiger air jetstar nook there's so many scoot there's all these budget airlines and yeah like, you just surf between different sites and just see what you can get and it's even i know you have like a crazy lufthansa story for getting like somewhere in the region well see that's the thing because bangkok and singapore are both such major regional hubs right. you know so flights from all around the world are coming into bangkok uh and then they sometimes continue on to other cities okay so i used to travel to ho chi minh city often and i found this one in the bangkok post classifieds uh -huh. in the bangkok post they have classifieds for like travel and stuff like that and right. occasionally you'll see some good deals so this was a flight from Lufth on lufthansa from Hamburg, I think it was, into Ho Chi Minh City. And the flight happened to stop first in Bangkok, where a number of people would get off, I and then it would continue gone. on to Ho Chi Minh so City. So got empty seats. Yeah, they got empty seats, and so they sold them for super cheap. Wow. And I sat next to this girl who was just like, oh my god, I've been on this flight for like 14 hours or something. Yeah. And, um, but but I got a really good deal. So uh, I think like that one I got from the newspaper. But you know some local uh, travel agents That's aren't a, a bad one. idea. Yeah. Um, online, I mean, there are airports in every single little town in, yeah. in Thailand that that no airline who, whom I hate and whose website sucks and I, I hesitate to to recommend because it's going to drive you crazy. But you can fly into all sorts of little towns all over the region mm. and sometimes like if you want to go to Ranong, the islands. Uh, along the coast of Thailand near the border of Myanmar. No Airlines flies direct from Bangkok to, yeah. to Ranong. If you want to go to remote areas of Laos, Lao Aviation has flights there. Right. Now, there are some risks with flying some of these third world airlines, but um, there are lots of options. And, uh, you know, 
I, I, we could do a whole episode just sure. on air travel in the region. Yeah. But uh, just just know that there are a lot of options. Yeah. So it comes down to I think when you're booking, there's a few things to keep in mind when you're on these sites because a lot of the budget airlines they're set up very creatively to try and upsell and whatnot. And I, I find there's things like rather than clicking like yes, you want to cancel something, you have to actually click like no, I don't want it. So yeah. like the way to find out the fare, some airlines when you look at the fare, it'll show you what the fare is with all taxes and everything. Other ones don't add any of the taxes and baggage until like the final page before payment. So the good thing is, is to run through the process, click everything you want, everything you don't want, right up until the page before payment, and then compare pages to see with what you want. Because they'll they'll throw in stuff like baggage, travel insurance, selecting your seats before, meals, all these things. So you kind of, you know... You, you want to know what you're booking and check it out right before the payment page. And the other thing is sometimes meals. You know, I never used to book meals ahead, but sometimes like if I'm flying at 1 or 2 p.m. Mm. in the afternoon or maybe around dinner time, I know like, hey, I'm naturally going to be hungry. It's often is cheaper to buy a meal in advance. And I find like it's not awesome food, but sometimes if like you get like a biryani or a rendang curry or something yeah. like that. Yeah, usually does a decent local Yeah, like style. some of the local yeah. ones, they're all right. It's cheaper than the airport food. And at least, you know, you got your bases covered. Yeah. And the other point on that booking things ahead, like, you know, I travel with a carry-on bag lots of times, you know, mm. but then you'll remember, oh man, but I got to pack this sunblock and the sunblock is more than the liquid carry-on allowance. And then you're right. like, ah, now I got to check my bag right. and you'll get whacked at the airport. Absolutely. You know? Like I have many times have paid more for my bag than for my ticket, uh, for myself. Um, so this is your advice, but I, I, I do agree many times that like just pay the extra $25 for the bag. Yeah. Even if you don't think you're going to use it, rather than pay 50 at the airport. Because, yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll get to baggage a little later on, but that is certainly something really worth uh, touching on. Now, now we're going to touch on airports here. I know you have some strong opinions here about how to navigate <laughs> airports. Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say that if, if you're listening to the show, then you're obviously not an idiot. But for God's sakes, learn how to navigate an airport. Okay. Um, What's that mean? Well, I mean... I don't understand what it means because like you go to check in, you can, you can check in online now, which I definitely suggest everyone do, you know, yeah. um, you can go to AirAsia website and you can check in online. And even if you don't have a printer available, they can send it to your email and you can have like a PDF boarding pass on your phone, on your phone nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're doing carry on, you, you don't even have to do anything. You can yeah. do all your check in online. You can show up, you can just go straight to, to the gate Please basically, you know, but if you do have to do a bag drop, because you've listened to our advice and decided to pay and check your bag. Yeah. Um, sometimes waiting in line to check your bag is infuriating. I don't I don't understand why it takes someone 15 minutes to, to check in at the counter when they've yeah. already checked in. They've already checked in. All they have to do is drop their bag and it takes 15 minutes. It's unbelievable. Yeah, be prepared, I think, is the one thing. And the other thing is it really only applies to Bangkok is like know your airports. Bangkok, for instance, has two. So Wanapum and Don Mulan, but check other places. It's like you don't want to go to the wrong airport, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, have things printed. Have your boarding pass printed if you can. And uh, I think you want to throw something in here. No, right? I, I, had a, I had a tip on that, uh, the checking in one. One time I was, and these are types of things that are very distinct, I think, to Southeast Asia. Right. Like I was on, 
an international flight, I think, and the queue for the check-in was so long that I like calculated how long it was going to take based on like the rate, because you're in line for so long, what else do you do? I was like, it's going to take me like 45 minutes before I get to check in, and my flight's leaving in like 30 minutes. So I decided that like over there at the domestic check-in counter, mm -hmm. there was no people. So I just went over to the domestic check-in counter, and I was like, hey, you know, first, like you should like notice that there's not enough workers at the international check-in and maybe you should uh, like find someone to go and help out over there. I'm yeah. like, number two, can you check me in for an international flight? Oh, and they nice. went ahead and did, you know? Nice. So I was going to mention like on arrival in Thailand, one of the things I like to do is just go to the Thai nationals line because oh, yeah? at, at immigration, lots of times you get off the plane and you have to go through Thailand immigration and there's these huge long queues for the foreigners to, to get their passports. Wow, stamped. that's cheeky. Yeah, and a number of times I've just been like, you know what, I'm just going to go in the, the Thai nationals line and every single time they've just gone ahead and stamped me without even really? thinking twice. So official things are slightly less official in Southeast Asia than they are in the rest of the world. So, yeah. you know, don't be afraid. Actually, my, my buddy Zulu and I did that in Brazil one time too where we had no idea but this one line had no people in it so we just decided let's go in the line with no people in it because that person's not working and they went ahead and helped us anyway so huh. you know uh, if, if you're running late and I always say run late um, because the plane will wait for you if you've checked in oh yeah um, yeah that drives me nuts too man like there's been so many times where if people are already checked in the flight won't leave without them so on that last trip to Bali we waited on the runway for like 20 minutes after the flight was supposed to have left for five passengers. Oh, right. So I say, why not be the five passengers? Because it's harder for them to get the bag of the checked-in person off the plane and whatnot and all that. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. But just realize that, like, you can bend the rules a little bit sure. more here. Um, don't do anything stupid, obviously. But, like, you know, use your naivete to your advantage. And yeah. just, like, pick a short cue, ask for some favors, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. One thing I find is handy, and I mean, this is for all airports, not just here, but is, you know, sometimes you got to go through two security checks even before your plane. So I like take out the phone, the coins, like anything metal, all that, and like put it in a pocket of my carry-on bag. So I'm not like taking it out of my pocket, putting it in my pocket, potentially leaving something in one of the bins. Take every single metal thing, passport, important document, and just like put it in a pocket of my, of my carry-on bag. Why would you do that? Well, yeah, because then I go through one security, I take it all out, put it in the plastic bin, put it back in, take it all out. But, but that makes sense. Well, so why doesn't everyone do that? Because not everyone's clever as that. Obviously. Mm. Obviously. This is what I'm talking about. And another little tip I want to share is that if you're someone that enjoys a beverage, like me, actually go to a drugstore and you can get these little empty plastic bottles that hold exactly 100 mils. Now, what you can do is you can put carry as many, I think up to 10, but couple 100 mil bottles, no problem. Put your favorite beverage, for example, Jack Daniels, that is not for sale on planes. And I have like one to two squeeze bottles of them, and then I just buy myself a Coke on the plane, get lots of ice, and I have a couple Jack and Coke on the flight. And they'll ask you, security will be like, hey, what's that bottle? And I tell them, I'm like, that's Jack Daniels. Yeah. You're fine, as long as it's 100 yeah. mils. You know, I did that on the train recently. We took an overnight train up to Chiang Mai. And we'll yeah. talk a little bit here about, like, trains and buses in a second. But yeah. um, alcohol is now not forbidden. I mean, it's not it's not allowed on the trains in Thailand anymore. Ooh, they they ooh. don't sell it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, again, like, smuggling little bottles uh, could never hurt. One thing I wanted to talk about really quickly uh, was just getting off the plane. You know, you get off yeah. the plane in some of these countries – 
Um, Bangkok airports are pretty modern and pretty organized and, and you should be able to figure it out to some degree. Um, I, I wanted to mention in Cambodia uh, or Laos, some of these smaller areas, um, they, they generally do tend to have like official taxi stands to yeah, get you more, from more, where yeah. you want to go. So I, I think rather than trying to negotiate something or get hustled yeah. by somebody, try and find an official taxi stand and pay a fixed fare right there yeah. and they give you a little receipt thing. The other thing at airports is uh, SIM cards. If you're traveling with a cell phone that uh, can be used with a local SIM card. Yeah. Usually airports are the, the best, cheapest, easiest places to get those local SIM cards. Yeah, and I know there's little devices now, like Wi-Fi portable devices that are getting more and more popular now. Like maybe you don't want to get an actual SIM because you use Skype or WhatsApp for calling. Mm. And a lot of airports are now renting just a little like dongle kind of thing. Mm. You know, take it with you. It just gives you a Wi-Fi signal anytime you want. And those can be pretty handy too. Yeah. yeah. What I tend to do though when I travel is I just buy like, I have a really cheap like uh, $20 Nokia phone, you know, like the old school style Nokia phones. Mm -hmm. And then I just use that for, for my local phone. Now that's not going to give you like Google Maps and stuff like that, which is really useful. And, yeah. And you still can get like 3G SIM cards for with a month's worth of credit for pretty cheap. But, right. but I like to have like a cheap... Uh, phone with a SIM card just for like calling taxis. You meet people, yeah, yeah. you get taxi drivers numbers, you get like the number of your hotel or something like that. I, I find it useful to have like just a cheap throwaway phone. Yeah. Well, I see that you have bus stations on the list. So tell us uh, about bus stations. Yeah. Well, when I was thinking about the uh, airports, like you get off at the airport, it, it's fairly normal for you. Most airports right. around the world are, yeah. are fairly the same. But when you get off a bus in yeah. like a remote area, of even Thailand, but Cambodia or Laos or Indonesia, and, yeah, and you're Asian, in like a foreign country, China. like there's going to be like 50 guys like swarming you going, right like, come start. with me, come with me, like yeah. instantly, like even as the bus it hasn't even stopped yet. Sure. They're like running up to the windows yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and it can be a lot more difficult to figure out what to do next when you're getting off the bus. Um, usually like my thing is to try to ignore them, pretend I know exactly what I'm doing and where I'm going yeah. and, and walk about a block away from the bus station and look for like a little cafe or something just to kind of get my bearings and look around and, and try to find somebody who's, who's not on the hustle. Who's just like doing totally his job. Agree. Yeah, absolutely agree. Let the dust battle. Like there's always the biggest shysters and the most chaos right away. You know, my only Actually, somebody told me this. I told this story and they said, hang on, hang on. But like sometimes if you're in a small little rural area and the boat rolls up or one bus rolls up to another truck or another bus, if you're in a really small rural location, sometimes that truck or bus or whatever leaving, that's the only one for the rest of the day. Yeah. So you want to make sure you kind of know that too and you don't sit it out and miss it or you could literally sit till the next day. Yeah, I think you got to feel it out. Like <laughs> Ranong, again, is the perfect example. Like, yeah. There's only one flight, maybe two flights a day going yeah. into Ranong. And and the local taxis or the pickup trucks called Song Pao's, you know, yeah. it's like an open air truck with a roof on it. They show up to meet that flight yeah. and then they leave and that's it. You know, like then you're going to have to like try and find someone with a phone to call a taxi and it's going to cost a lot more. So I think, uh, you know, yeah, just uh, if it's crazy hectic and you know there's going to be a lot of options, walk away, bide your time. If you're in the middle of nowhere and there's only a handful of people there, try and grab a local person and be like, hey, you know, where are you yeah. going and how much are you going to pay and try to get in with them. Yeah. Well, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but like let's touch on baggage a little bit because this can be a, 
a big point of contention when you get to the airport. Like the golden rule, I think, is it's always cheaper to buy your baggage allowance, especially with discount airlines, before you fly rather than the airport. So like if you think you have 15 kg, don't buy the 15 kg, buy the 20. Like they hammer you per kilo when you get to the airport. So make sure you buy enough luggage allowance when you first Book. Yeah. At the same time, like I know sometimes I, I flirt with those limits and, and as a consequence I tend to like try to flirt with the, the check in people. And and I'm one sure of my yeah, one of my tricks is to, to pick one of the, the more friendly looking male check in uh, counter guys <laughs> and, and bat my eyelashes and, and just be super nice right. to them. And then if you happen to be like a kilo or two over, like yeah. they tend to cut you some slack. Uh, so like I was saying earlier with like how official people are, yeah. like I think if you're nice, like sometimes if we're like, if you're waiting in line and there's so many people waiting in line and everybody's pissed off, like if you go to the checking counter and sometimes you're just like, Hey, how are you? And they're like, whatever. And then you stop and be like, no, how, how are you doing? Like, this is crazy yeah. here. You know, and yeah. like actually like break the routine for them sure, and, yeah. and connect with them That's on like a, a slightly thing. personal level yeah. and be like, all right, you want to think like, well, let's have a two minute break here and just talk about whatever, you know, um, they will cut you some slack. So, um, you know, there's ways around it, but I, I think it's definitely good to know your baggage weight. No, I like, I have a perfect carry on size bag, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think another thing we should talk about with baggage was, was the buses. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about buses. We were going to touch on safety a little bit here towards the end. But when you travel on like an overnight bus, they throw your bags underneath the bus. And, and you were saying that like guys are sleeping under there, which I'm Someone's not, I'm not surprised yeah. by. Yeah. But the, there's definitely been some stories of bus companies that pay people to just spend the time down there to go through all the bags and looking for valuables. So mm. when you travel by bus uh, in Southeast Asia, you, you don't want to keep your valuables in your bag. Keep them on your, your carry-on or your person. Yeah, we're kind of strained from baggage here. But one thing I realized, too, you were talking about being friendly at check-in. Wear your best outfit, like, when you fly. Like, and I'm not suggesting a tuxedo or whatever, but I definitely think it pays to, like, throw in the nice pair of shorts and nice colored golf shirt you have because if there's an upgrade or a better seat or question of like letting you buy with a couple extra kilos if you're just friendly and you just look a little nicer and you're not like your your beer tank top and that like it's definitely mm. going to get you a lot further so i definitely think that's worth it yeah i agree with the dressing up thing but i also think you got to remember about like where you're going like i i keep thinking about showing up in Phnom Penh in the middle of the hot season sure, yeah yeah like you don't want to be wearing like long pants no, i wear like are my good better. shorts and golf shirt. And, and in that case i'd say take the the taxi over the tuk-tuk because you want the yeah. air conditioning. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to baggage, there's just a couple of quick things. It's worth checking. Some airlines, like if you buy 20 kg of luggage, they don't care if you bring five bags. It's just all five can't be over 20 kg together. Other airlines, it's one piece up to 20 kg. So read the fine print. That can be really handy. Um, the other thing is carry-on. A lot of airlines, they generally say seven kilos one carry-on. Now, most of them don't actually weigh them, but I know I've flown some that actually weigh them. But the also thing is that they will like allow you a carry-on plus a laptop bag. So kind of like, it's good sometimes if you can have a really thin foldable bag that you can tuck into your luggage or tuck into your carry-on. So if they're like, oh, that bag's over, you just pull out your little fold-out bag and throw like your laptop in it, and, and then you should be golden. Yeah. So we want to touch on anything else here? 
Uh, I think safety, right? You wanted to talk safety. Yeah, we can. I mean, originally I wanted to talk about boats. Again, we can't touch on every possible subject, so we tried talking a little bit about buses and trains and whatnot. But when I was thinking about the boats, a friend of mine was here recently, and she was going to Kopangan. And uh, th there's a lot of ferries that go from the mainland to Samui and Kopangan and Guangzhou. Mm. And uh, one of my ex-girlfriends was on a boat that sank one time. Wow. And uh, I, you know, boats do sink from time to time here they in do. Asia. And usually it's boats from the mainland to the islands. Okay. Because they're overloaded with supplies, literally right, overloaded yeah, yeah. with supplies that they're bringing out right, to the island. Water, yeah. So the boats that are more likely to sink are the ones coming from the mainland to the island. Ah. Now, what I suggest is that you don't take those boats at night. Like they have overnight yeah. ferry boats from the mainland to an island. Bad idea. Like if you're going to be on a boat that sinks, you want to be on a boat that sinks during the day where yeah. it's much easier to save all the people. Sure. And then that got me to thinking about the buses. Like you don't necessarily want to be taking buses at night here in the region either. Yeah. Because, well, Thailand now officially has the second most dangerous roads in the world after Libya. Tons of accidents. Yeah. yeah. Tons of road accidents and probably all of them occurring at night. Not yeah. all, but like the vast majority. And there's a lot of problems with like long distance truckers and, and bus drivers taking amphetamines. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's necessarily safe, especially during the holidays, to, no. to be traveling by bus at night in Thailand just for safety reasons. Yeah. And even other countries in the region, like over like New Year's period, traditional New Year's are like... Thai or Cambodian or Burmese New Year's times, those are bad times. The other thing is whenever I used to take an overnight bus, if you have to, is try and suss out, like, I don't think you can spend too much on a bus ticket. Like, get the most expensive one. A lot of bus companies on long routes actually have two drivers. So, like, ask, do they have two drivers? Mm. If they have two drivers, like, I know the Gao 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 in Thailand 999 has yeah. two drivers. And in other countries, too, on long routes, most of them have two drivers. And they'll sleep, they'll take shifts, like... Your life's worth an extra 10 bucks, yeah. right? On the flip side, countries like Thailand and Vietnam that have relatively good train services, like those are good night train rides. Mm. You know, you're going to save a night's lodging by taking an overnight train. They are generally safe. They have like private sleeper cars, but they also have like communal sleeper car areas. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you save a night. That, uh, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I heard of a train crash. And, in this area. But not like the buses and the cars. And... Yeah, not quite the same. You know, the only thing for safety is we're talking about such a big region is like, just don't be bullied, right? Like make sure you have valuables tucked away when anytime you transit from somewhere like to a bus station or a train or off a plane, that's your highest risk point mm. for being taken for Absolutely. a ride, ripped as soon as off, you get off that robbed, bus, as soon whatever. As you get off that train. So like, yeah. sit down, take a breath, have a coffee, don't be pressured into things. Like if someone's really pressuring you or making you feel uncomfortable, there's no need for that. Like just say no to them and sit and wait for the next one. Like don't be bullied and rushed into things. I think that's a good way to kind of close on this because I was also thinking about bus transportation, like getting from A to B in a lot yeah. of these regions. Like sometimes it takes like buses don't always leave when they say they're going to leave. Like no. in, in more rural areas, let's say like Laos, I did a trip recently, the bus leaves when it's full. Right. You know, and then how long it takes to get from A to B is how long it takes to get from A to B. Yeah. Now, you may spend a lot of your holiday in transit. Like you might spend a good 
day getting from one place to the next day. Right. You should just put your watch in your carry-on bag and not yeah. look at it. No. I mean, the, the getting from the A to B is an enjoyable part of your experience on this adventure. So, yeah. so just sit back and enjoy it and be like, you know what? This is the pace of life in this part of the world. Yeah. And, and enjoy the scenery however long takes yeah absolutely well man we could go on about this forever but uh, i think we covered the bases on uh probably 30 years of collective travel hmm. in the region and some basic and, and, uh, and we covered two percent yeah, of the stuff we could yeah, possibly yeah, say yeah so. absolutely but we hope you picked up some good bits from this send us a message uh post any questions you have on the facebook or the email otherwise this is scott Coates saying thank you very much for listening we'll have a new one for you in two weeks Yep, this is Trevor Ranges, uh, also recording from Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, be sure to come back with us in two weeks for our best episode ever. Ever. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Portland?